Welcome fathers who are looking to inspire their kids and become fearless. This is the Become a Fearless Father show and I'm your host, Klaas van Oosterhout. I'm a father of two boys, husband and entrepreneur. This show is created to teach you how to take control and enjoy the most difficult job you've ever faced, fatherhood. I'm going to keep it real and share real life experience. A heads up, there is no magic pill. You will have to put in the hours, sweat and tears to achieve victory. Are you ready to improve your health, wealth, relationships, knowledge and become the hero your family needs you to be? I know you are. So get your pen and paper ready and let's become fearless fathers together. Great, Artyan, thank you so much for taking the time to come on my live show. Um, I've been looking forward to this and during the questions you will find out why. Um, this is exciting class. Thanks for the invitation. Great. Um, we've known each other for a little bit. I've actually followed one of your courses and really enjoyed it. Um, and I'll actually I'll tell right away so people know why for me this is special. Um, just like me, you also have a, a wife that um, comes from a different culture, a different country, different language. And um, I haven't had that opportunity yet. So it's really cool. So I'm going nice. to pick your brain a little bit about that as well. But Are you actually speaking from Spain now? Um, yes, yes. Um, so um, right now, um, yeah, so people know we're both Dutch. <laughs> However, Artyan is sitting in the Netherlands and I'm sitting in, uh, in Spain. I moved here uh, 10 years ago or something like that, yeah. I haven't managed to move to uh, Italy yet. We talked about it, but we're, we're still here. Ah, I see, I see, I see. Great. So, um, Artyan, um, let, let's start off first. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your story, and how you get to where you are now. Right. So, um, we know each other because I'm into what I call online seduction, which is seducing your clients online. It's nothing corny. Uh, I'm not in the dating business. Um, I'm in online seduction, which is a business-to-business -business skill for entrepreneurs. And basically, I'm, I'm a copywriter by, by trade. Um, and I used to be a copywriter for large e-commerce corporations. Like, um, it's, it's all in Dutch, by the way. So I work in Dutch. Um, and I used to be a copywriter for um, the big guys, like Booking.com, um, some Dutch banks and, and insurance companies mortgage companies, uh, a, a national lottery, um, e-commerce guys. I used to be their copywriter and I was just a freelancer. And I started to get interested into um, seduction, psychology of, of persuasion. And I started reading all the books about this, which was useful because we were testing in, in the, like the web teams at all these uh, big corporations. We were testing uh, to optimize the website. So we were getting clients in laboratories and testing our new designs and new copywriting for the website and to see if we could improve it further. And uh, I, was doing, I, I, I was doing that for like um, five or 10 years or something, I don't remember, like, which, is, which is a lot of years in internet, uh, in internet history. Like the internet hasn't been around for that long. And I was, I've been testing as a part of these web teams for a long time. At a certain point, I started to get less motivated because I was just, basically just making money for other guys you know i was i was doing a lot of cool stuff we were keeping all this knowledge to ourselves like for example at booking.com we were testing our heads off it i mean it was it was it was there was there's so many tests running on booking.com the hotel reservations website and we were we were learning so much about what makes people click and what persuades them and what makes them uh, how we could get into their heads this was a solid goal for me as a copywriter uh, the only thing was we could never tell anyone because it was just, it was just for us. And mm. this, was, this was like this at most of these corporations. And at a certain point, I started getting tired of this. And because I'm, my, myself, I'm from an entrepreneurial background, like, but we're all, I'm from a retail family. Like my, uh, my, my parents had a, a store in, in Breda that was selling like paint and carpet and wallpaper and curtains and all that kind of stuff. And I used to think it was very boring. Um, but I grew up there. So as a little kid, I was, I, I had to work for my, for my pocket money. I had to, you know, get all the, the, the cans of paint refilled, restocked in the store and all that kind of boring and, and vacuum cleaning the store and stuff like that. And my whole family was like that. 
So my, I had an uncle who, was, who had a, a grocery store. My, my um, grandfather was a milkman. My other grandfather had um, a, like a, a, a drogisterij. Uh, how do you call that? Like a Walgreens. Yeah, like um, a pharmacy, kind of. Yeah, like a kind yeah, of yeah, like, like, a boots, like a boots or a Walgreens mm. in Holland. Uh, I had a, a great grandfather who was who had a bicycle repair shop. There was all it was all like that. It was all entrepreneurs. It was all retail. And it was all they were all working their asses off, like a lot of hours. My father used to work like I think fifty three hours a week, being there in the store and. When he got home, he, he needed to do you know, administration and bookkeeping and um, ordering stuff. And they, they were always working. Uh, so I, I have no grudge towards my parents. I was, I was talking with my mother the other day. She still feels guilty about this, like mm-hmm. um, not spending too much time with us and having to work so hard. But this is normal for us. And I grew up like this and this, my whole family was like this. And when I got working for these big corporations, I, I started to feel like a bit uneasy about um, keeping all this valuable knowledge uh, to ourselves. So we were not sharing any of that, any of that stuff that we were learning about what makes people click. And I knew that many entrepreneurs are having a difficult time to, to sell on their website. Like they, um, most, I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that are, uh, unhappy with their website is not converting is not uh, converting visitors into clients so when they speak to a to a, a potential customer they will convert them but like when they visit them in their in their store or their uh, showroom whatever but not on the website this is a common problem for entrepreneurs and i knew so many things that i could help them with but i was not sharing it with them so at a certain point I was working at Booking.com and I decided, okay, I'm going to quit doing this. I'm writing a book on how to persuade on your website. I'm going to share this with a lot of people. And um, this needs to be, I want to go public with, with a lot of this stuff. None of the stuff, most of the stuff that um, uh, I'd learned was, uh, was just val- too valuable to, uh, to keep to myself. So that was, that was my first book and this led to a business led to eventually a scalable business. I stopped being a freelancer, uh, but I, I wanted to uh, to create a scalable business. Nice. And for the people that uh, do speak Dutch, because it's only in Dutch, right? The books. Yeah, the books are in Dutch. Yeah, exactly. So for the for the Dutch followers that we have, these are I the, have them there. Nice. Yeah, of course. I already have both of them. Um, I've read them several times. Really enjoyed them. I gotta read them again. That's awesome. Um, but I highly recommend them. And um, I was just wondering because you just mentioned you work for huge companies like Booking.com. I mean, all over the world, people know what Booking.com is and um, several huge banks. Um, so, you know, I'm going to assume that you were making good money and felt like you had a secure job. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, like you just mentioned, like, okay, I really wanted to share this. Um, is that where your passion came from to, to start your, um, your road on entrepreneurship or what else, um, made you say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go into the next secure or unsecure feeling of going and work for myself. Yeah. So when I was working at booking.com, I think I was doing like, um, I don't know, 7,000 euros a month doing copywriting for them. Uh, I was, I was on a good Fee. I mean, I was um, I was selling myself well by, by that time as a freelancer. I think I was I was asking I don't know 15 euros an hour as a copywriter, which is not bad for uh, for this trade. And still, I was I was there for two years. When I was at, at the end, when I was when I needed to go there, I have an office in Amsterdam, very cool office in the center of town. Um, like many times, I would be all tense, and my 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 my, my belly would be aching, and I would be. I would not be looking forward to going there, which had nothing to do with them and everything to do with me. It's like, um, I was just not into it anymore. I was not going to, um, like booking.com is like, when you're there, you can almost hear the money like spinning. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's a conversion machine. They have, they keep adding hotels to their, to their database. Like when I got there, there were, I think a hundred thousand and now maybe there's half a million hotels in their database that they are selling. And it's just crazy and always improving the website. And we're always tinkering with it and 
you know, what tiny little screw can we improve and can we twist or remove? And if we put two words here on this page or remove the words or put a psychological trigger in there, what happens to our conversion? Do we sell more hotel rooms? So this is a money-making machine like you have never seen. I was, I was amazed by the amount of money that was being made there. And I, I enjoyed being a part of it for a certain amount of time. At, at, at the end, I was uncomfortable with it. I was like, I need to share this stuff. Um, I need to get out of the, the treadmill also. I was not, like, you know, as a, um, I was a bit feeling like, a, like a, um, I'm not sure if I, if I can say this, but I was feeling a bit like a whore, like a text whore. I, I needed to always do what my, um, what my clients were asking me to do. And then they could decide what to do with it. You know, it was, um, by that time I had, I had written, I think I wrote my first book in, in the last year I was at booking and I decided, so this is what I want to be doing. I want to share my knowledge. I want to create a business that is based on, um, that is based on uh, scalability. So not selling my hours or my days because I was, you know, my, my agenda was full. I wanted to create products out of the, the stuff that I knew, the stuff that was in my head, my experience and my, um, all the tricks that I had learned. I wanted to create products out of that. And the book was the first one. And it, it, uh, it appeared like I didn't, what I didn't know at first was that you make so little money from books. Like authors, if, if your book is, is $20, uh, you make $1 as an author. That's what you make. I, I, it may be even worse uh, if you're in America. Like, uh, it's like that in, in Holland. That's the ratio. So uh, that was shocking to me at first. And I quickly realized that so this is not how I'm, how I'm going to be making money. This is not a business model. This is just this is marketing. Writing a book is just marketing. You should have something to sell which comes after the book, you know, which is the, the upgrade after the book. So that's what I started to do after my first attempt at, at, at creating a scalable product, which was a book. And uh, I started creating online uh, training programs and stuff that I could put online and start selling as a product. And this was a, a much more fun business because now I needed to do copywriting for my own business to be selling my own stuff, to be making money for myself. And the, the coolest thing was that I was also making my clients money. Like I was telling them things that I had learned from these big e-commerce corporations. Like, okay, if you change this in your copywriting on your website, uh, it will improve your sales. Like there have been customers in, my, in, my, in this training program that have been, uh, they were almost uh, going to quit. Like I have a client who was, who has a, has a shop and she, she and her husband are selling stuff that people need that have rabbits or, or birds or other animals at home for, as a hobby. She's, all, she, she's into all, the, all that kind of uh, stuff. And she was doing well for a couple of years and then two or three big competitors entered the market and uh, started a huge web, web shop here in Holland. And they were not selling as well anymore. In fact, they were almost um, at the point that they were saying, okay, we cannot live off of this anymore. She has, she, she's taking up a full-time job with, with, I think they had three little kids coming at home. She needed to, care, to take care of the kids and also work for their web shop in the evenings. And so they then followed this, this training program because they, I'm, I'm just teaching them like basic copywriting skills, stuff that makes your website more easy to, to use and also more convincing and more personal. Like uh, the likability goes up. And this saved, this saved their business. So like they went, their, um, I think their business went up like 40% or something, their sales, and they're still in it, in it today. Yes. And, and there's a number of stories like that. And this is the coolest thing for me to see, if, uh, see the changes that, that my stuff makes for other entrepreneurs like myself. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's very powerful to, to be able to impact other people's lives that way. Um, what I also liked is that um, I follow a lot of Russell Brunson lately, uh, uh -huh. and um, for for me, you are like the Dutch Russell Brunson. The way you trying to make impact on people's lives, also knowing that those people that you impact to get their message out, they also impact more 
other people's lives. And I think exactly. that's, that's very, very awesome. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're really enjoying the show. Just want to make sure if you're liking this information, please subscribe and um, press the like button. And also go visit becomeafearlessfather.com. You get the opportunity to share your biggest challenge at the moment as a father. And it gives me the opportunity to try and help you overcome this. Thanks and enjoy the rest of the show. Um, so I was just wondering real quick in between, because you mentioned that your parents just worked and worked and worked so many hours. Um, of course, you, you, know, you didn't mention, but you have uh, two children, I believe, one yep. son and one daughter, correct? Right. Was that something that also played part in the fact that you said, okay, yeah, I want to completely, I want to do this entrepreneurship full on because that way um, I can be uh, a different father for my children than my father has been for me? Oh, absolutely. So I, I was not going to be an entrepreneur in the way that my parents were doing it. Like, so like I said, I have no grudge towards my parents. They, they did what they needed to do. They were in a, like a, a tradition that goes back like hundreds of years. And my, my father was in contact with a person that had done like a genealogy research. And like centuries ago, we were already entrepreneurs and retailers and stuff. So this is just what they needed to do. But I, I was not going to do that. Like um, I was the first, uh, the first person in our family to go to university. I was um, expanding my horizon. I was like, I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. So I know one thing, no entrepreneurship for me. I'm going to be, um, I'm just going to take a job. So I took a job after university and it was a job that I needed to take a bus to go to, like an hour. It was dark. It was uh, autumn. I took it like six, in the, six or seven in the morning. It was dark. When I got back, it was dark again. Um, I was on this job. I needed to be in a treadmill for eight hours with colleagues I didn't necessarily like. Uh, some of them, but some of them, some of them I didn't. I was just not fit for this. Like in six months' time, I was so depressed. I was like, "Oh, is this? This is not what I want to be doing." So I, um, and also I wasn't seeing my. Uh, I didn't have any kids back then. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't home nearly enough. So I, I continued freelancing for a number of years. And then I decided, so I, uh, I would like to be home more and I would like to be able to spend more time with the kids. And um, it wasn't until when, so I, for a while when I, was, when I was a freelancer, I just took, took small jobs, not full-time ones, to in, in able to be able to be with, uh, especially when we had like babies and toddlers. Mm. I just needed to be home. Uh, I, I wanted to be home for like, Two, two, I think it was two days a week or something, uh, which was a bit too much. Like, um, I don't know if, it's, if, if this has happened to you, but when I got, at first, when I got, had really small children, I became like a second mother. So I thought that was my, my, the thing I needed to be doing. Like, uh, I saw my wife, she had like this mother instinct. Everything was very clear for her, what she needed to be doing. She knew it just instinct told her she was like a mama bear you know i see a lot of mothers like that fathers we we need to figure out what to do because society is very feminine now uh, a lot of stuff is expected from us that wasn't expected from us before so i, I what i thought i needed to be doing was to like be, be a second mother for our children so i, I was home a lot i was you know singing songs and uh, carrying them around and uh, nothing wrong with that but I soon realized like, okay, this is starting to bore me pretty much. I mean, this is not really the father I want to be. So and this is, this has taken me quite a number of years to figure out like how to, how to be a father and not like a second mother, which was, I mean, that, that was the thing for me at, at first, because I think my theory is that like, we all know that women get a lot of harm, hormonal changes when they become mothers, but I think dads do too. I see a lot of dads behaving like this. I think we have like uh, a drop in testosterone. As, uh, for me, I, I think I had a drop in testosterone as soon as I learned that I was going to be a father. So the child was not even there yet. It, it didn't even start to show on the belly, but it, I was starting to feel like a father uh, from that moment on. And this, this is you know, what was happening to me in the, in the first um, period of time. And... Um, so a couple of years later, I just, I just decided, so I, I'm going to be working. I want to be ambitious. I want to build a business. 
And um, this is when I started to experiment with blogging and social media and sharing my knowledge. And that has been the basis for, for uh, what is my business now. And um, I'm still able to be, um, I work from home. I have, I have a, an office outside of my home as well, but I'm still able to be home many, many times when my kids come back from, come back from school and I'm, um, I'm able to be there for them. My wife works away from home most of the days or at least three days a week. And um, I, I see my kids a lot. Like they're teenagers now, so I'm not sure if they're happy that dad is home so much. So like sometimes I, Julia is 15 and Luca is uh, 13. And uh, like sometimes even say to me like, oh no, are you going to be home this, this afternoon when I get home? So like they want me to be, go to be gone, you know? So this is a new challenge. <laughs> But I'm still, um, you know, this is what they say sometimes and the other times they, they just need me right now to solve some problem or, you know, with their homework or something practical or something with school or, or anything. So this is, this is the situation now. Nice. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they still like it when I'm home, but mine are two and five. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they're so sweet when they're little. Yeah. I'm going to wait until they get yeah, exactly. Um, and, and what you were saying about, you know, you're turning into the second mom. I was smiling because um, I actually watched, I don't know if you heard of him, Ryan Dice, and he actually called himself Mr. Mom. So I was thinking right, about right. Ryan and Mr. Mom. I call it uh, Entrepreneur Dad. I've heard that as well. I really like that one. Um, but yeah, it, it's like for, I don't know exactly how it goes in the, in the Netherlands, but here in Spain for the mother, they do a lot. So before, when you're first pregnant, you, you go through all these classes and explain a lot of stuff for you and what you have to do, etc. But for fathers, nothing. And I think that's all over the world. It's like, you know, you're a father and we're still stuck a little bit in that old thinking of what you mentioned before. You know, you're the father, you work 50, 60 hours, you, you know, make sure that there's enough money so everybody can live and do what they need to be doing. And, and yeah. And, that's really changing and I, I have the feeling at least from all the questions that I'm getting from a lot of fathers and that's what this interview is based on as well a lot of questions that I get from, from fathers they have challenges and um, yeah that they're, they're a little lost and like okay how, how what do I do now as a father and how can I enjoy this the most and yeah for me it was I've lost uh, four or five months of my son I didn't see him because I had to work in a different city Right. And that was no commute. That was six hours by high speed train. So that was no way. So I just lived in another city for that time. Sometimes it happens. And that just made my click. It's like, oh yeah, I'm never doing this again. Okay. I'm doing the entrepreneurship and I'm, I'm here. So now I get to walk to school every day. I get to pick them up every day. That's so important. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's what makes my mission. And that's what made me so passionate for doing that, making that impact for people. And that's what makes me so excited to do these live interviews because, you know, you get to share with other people um, their experiences. And, and I love what you just said, like, okay, yeah, I decided I need to be more with my kids and be there, even though they're at an age now that they might not always appreciate it as much, but they will. They will when they're older. They definitely will. I've heard so many people say the same, that when they're older, it's so important. So um, what I want to talk to you a little bit about, because you work in only the Dutch-speaking market and a lot of fathers that I speak with, when they're thinking about the thing of, okay, yeah, I understand, you know, I should be an entrepreneur, I should have enough time to, or, or be a boss of my own time and organize it so I can spend much time with my kids. However, there are so many other entrepreneurs out there and I don't know what to do. And they, they're also, you know, thinking of scarcity instead of thinking of abundance. And as I mentioned, you wrote two best-selling books in Dutch, which is so impressive to me. And um, so you're in, the, you're focusing in a small part of a small part because it's not just okay. I focus on the whole Dutch market. No, you focus on the Dutch market and then the entrepreneurs inside of the Dutch market. So I'm just wondering, you know, what's your philosophy when we're talking about scarcity and abundance? Right. So it's funny because I'm um, this year I'm in American Mastermind, American Direct Response Marketing uh, Mastermind. So I have a lot of mastermind buddies in the States and I've, I've, I'm traveling there for five times a year uh, in, in this year, 2018. And they're fascinated by the fact that I've been able to, to write these bestsellers because a lot of entrepreneurs and especially people interested in marketing 
uh, want to be writing books and, and uh, to use as a marketing tool. So they want, they're interested in how I, I managed to, to turn these books into bestsellers. And um, I created a course on this as well, uh, which is called Business Book Bestseller. And they, they're telling me, oh, okay, just sell me the thing. I will translate it myself. They're just so interested in, in the, 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 the stuff that it took to get them to the number one position. And, um, and, and a lot of people keep, like also my Italian family uh, keeps asking, so when is your book going to be translated into, into Italian? So there's, uh, on the one hand, there's opportunity there. Like in Italy, the internet market is not, it's way less developed than, uh, than here. Like it's lagging behind a couple of years. And so there would be opportunity there. My Italian is good enough. I, maybe I wouldn't be able to write the book, but I, but I could have it translated, you know. Um, the same goes for English. Um, but I think it's important as an entrepreneur to, to keep realizing wh why you are doing this. So I could try to uh, scale this business into an international business, like European or worldwide, to, by turning to, to, to English. Um, but it, th this would come at a price. Like the price would be always having to communicate in English. So I have no problem talking to you like now with you in English, even though it's a little bit weird for me, like we're both Dutch and we're talking in English. So I'm, I'm a bit weird about that, but okay. And this, this is something I would, be need, I would need to be doing all the time when I would um, internationalize my business. Mm -hmm. So I think as an entrepreneur, it's important to realize, so I'm building like, a, like look at, I look at my business like a house. And uh, which I am building like brick by brick and it just takes time and you need to be visualizing what house you're building like where is it what is this going to lead to and if the house you're building you, you, you better be building a house that you would love to live in when it's finished you know so if I would have to do all this stuff in, in English compete with the best best marketers in the world that are all doing this this stuff in English um, need to be paying for advertising on Facebook and AdWords the same paper clicks as as they are um, these are all hurdles I would be I would need to be taking using a language which is not my own and possibly traveling like um, I don't mind going to the States five times this year but it is very tiring like with a jet lag and it's not something I want to be doing every year. So I'm always telling the Americans, no, I'm not going to translate it into Dutch. The, the Dutch speaking market is 20 million people, which is really small to them, which is like the state of California, I think. Um, but actually this market has not been, I have not optimized this market yet. So, so like, I don't feel like, I have reached the um, full potential of this market. Many entrepreneurs still don't know me. Uh, there's a lot to be gained here, and I can do it just from home. You know, I, I can. I do a commute like uh, I, I, I'm on my bike for 15 minutes to get to my office where I'm now. There's total silence here. I have a view of a forest and a river. It's beautiful. Uh, I can take my dog here. I can just lead a, a quiet life, living close, uh, working close to home. Um, working at home, being with my kids, walking the dog uh, tw two times a day for half an hour. I'm very happy with the life that I'm living now. And um, so I think the, ho the house that I'm building for now is going to be a house that is in Holland and is um, uh, based on this, this type of business and this type of thing that I'm doing right now. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, I like the fact that you just mentioned also about the, the Americans and, and that they can wrap their hand, head around the fact that, you know, you're in such a small, small country. I mean, I don't even think they know where we are. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's brilliant that, that you've just turned that around into making such a, a successful business, but that you also keep your head on and just look at, okay, this is what I want without having to really blow up even more and just go in your own steps and, yeah, it's so important for people to understand that as an entrepreneur, you have to know exactly, okay, what, what is it that I want? What is my vision? Instead of just going left and right because of what other people are telling you constantly. Because 
there's always going to be somebody telling you what to do or maybe even giving good advice, you know, they're, they're trying to be nice to you. So I appreciate and also that because there's so much opportunity now. Mm. So in the internet and all the tools that we have on the internet, like basically almost for free, it has made it so easy to build a business and to, to do stuff that uh, is, is in, in fun and innovative and new and nobody's doing yet. And so you can build a really cool business, um, but it's, it's easy to get lost and to, to pursue any, every shiny new object. And I, I've done this as well. I'm, I'm, I'm no stranger to that. But it's, it's, it, I think it's important. I'm, still, I'm learning how to focus on the stuff that I really want and to recognize when something is like not what uh, will not lead me in a direction that I actually want to be going into. Exactly. So um, continue talking a little bit about your successful business and you've dropped already some nuggets that people can pick up and, and use. Um, but what's, what's your secret or what has been your, your system or the steps that you've taken from when you started until where you are now? Um, that people can maybe use to, to start out their, their businesses? So the, the, the most important um, thing to, for me to have discovered is information marketing, which is basically, this is two things. Like it's marketing based on information, like sharing knowledge and sharing blog articles and videos and giving, giving tips or like doing some teaching, which then turns into marketing. And also the thing that you're selling is information as well. So selling the stuff that you have in your head or your skills as um, a scalable information product. So this has been the, the, the discovery for me that has changed everything because most experts in anything assume they need to, in order to make a living, out of this, they assume that they need to be giving advice, training people, coaching people, or actually being hands-on in a company and uh, working with them to, to get the most out of what they know how to do. Um, but this is only one way of doing it, which is the way most people are doing it. And there's nothing wrong with it. But I know a, a, a couple of people that are getting tired of working like that because you always have to adapt, you always have to travel, you have to do what the, the client says. Um, after a while, it can become tiring or not as fun anymore. And there is a way, if you're an expert at something, to just start focusing like really hard on one thing that is to you the most interesting thing, which is also very marketable, like there's a lot of demand for it. Like in my case, it was online seduction, selling more with your website. And I just got better and better at that skill by using it by reading by interviewing people this has been my focus for a number of years and then i turned this into information products like like books and and online training programs so an online training program is basically a, a website that is not accessible unless you have bought the course and you can log in and see the videos and the checklists and and, and get uh, get to ask me questions this is basically what it is uh, this is also a way to be an expert and sell what you know how to do, but sell it to a lot more people than when you are a freelancer, for example, or a, a, a service company that is custom, that is delivering custom services to other businesses or other people. So that has been the, the main discovery for me, information marketing, and this is the basis of my, of my business. And... Um, the way that I'm doing this now is so like there's three there's three levels in my business like there's the do-it-yourself level which is okay you can just read my articles or read my book this is like the cheapest uh, stuff that I am either giving away or selling like a book is like 20 euros which is almost free so this is the like the, the marketing level this is a do-it-yourself level and I've also a couple of information products which are more expensive and these are the online trainings and they are also mainly do it yourself. So they cost like, I don't know, a thousand or 2000 euros and you buy them and, and I just tell you exactly what to do to make your book into a bestseller or how to seduce customers on your website. 
or how to, to, to do irresistible marketing. Those are the three mar uh, programs that I'm selling. This is do it yourself. I'm teaching you, but I'm not uh, doing it for you or doing it with you. So the next level, the second level is done with you. So this is when I'm, I'm, te I'm still teaching you that stuff, but then I'm going to help you implement. For example, last week I was with a group of 10 customers um, shooting marketing videos for their company. So they're entrepreneurs and they have not done a lot of marketing, but they're still pretty su successful already without really going into marketing. They, uh, they want me to show them how to do marketing as effectively as possible in as, in as little time as possible. And one of the things that I'm showing them how to do is to shoot marketing videos that bring them clients. Mm -hmm. So this is a more expensive, this costs like twice as much as a done uh, do-it-yourself program. And um, they, like they are in direct contact with me, I implement this with them. It's just, this is a done with you level. And then there is the done for you level, which is the top, like for my top clients, like the, the, the big league, um, like they, Typically, they will make like a half a million at least a year or more. And what I do with them, one of the, one of the things I do for them is a VIP copywriting day. So they, I invite them over to a hotel where I, I will um, be with them for one day. I have a room, we have nice food and drink, and I will write with them the two most important pages of their website. So the entire copywriting, uh, everything, what, the, the stuff that has, what has to go where, like a basic wireframe, like, which is a, a simple design of the, of the page with all the copywriting they need to be putting there. So what other people are, I'm just teaching to do on the done, do it yourself level. On the done for you level, I'm doing it for them. I still need them present to give me all the inputs and to be able to ask them questions, but I, then I write their copywriting for them. This is my most expensive product. This is a very expensive VIP copywriting day, and I, I can sell them anytime I want because I'm doing so much marketing and I'm getting so many leads from my uh, do-it-yourself and done with you level customers that this is, this is always trickling into these uh, done-for-you customers. So it's like a, a three-level um business with these three uh, tiers of doing business with um with my clients nice. that has been a game changer for me yeah i see i see yeah the the, the value ladder right that, that's a great exactly goal. that's a great golden nugget you just shared with us thanks for that so was that something you you thought of from the beginning or is that something that came on gradually and are you now like okay if i, I would have just loved to know that and would have started with that from the beginning no, it took a while for me to discover this. Like at first, the first thing I, I, I thought of to be able to productize myself was to write a book. I thought I was going to make money off of, off of a book. Uh, I soon discovered this is not the case. So then I started to figure out, which took me a couple of years, um, how to do this, how to make this profitable. Um, one, and one of the things I was, I'm, I'm glad I did from the beginning was invest in myself. Um, so you can you can spend years trying to figure this out on your own uh, going online reading blog articles uh, all the free stuff books and stuff um, but in a, to make like big steps and big jumps to the next level I have found that when I invest in the top people to coach me like I in the first year I, I stopped at booking.com because I, I wasn't prepared to do that anymore uh, I did a full year of coaching with one of the top uh, coaches in Holland on this in this um, subject. Uh, later, I, I did two years with another uh, Dutch coach. Now I am doing a, the American Mastermind this year. So these are expensive um, programs. Like these are twenty thousand euro uh, type of programs that I'm investing in to be able to get as fast as possible to the next level. And this has been an important thing, like to invest money that wasn't really there yet at first. Like it really hurt, it really stung to have to invest that kind of money. But I still did it and I was hoping and assuming it would get me there 
faster and it would be just saving me so much time to get there. This was what I was hoping and this has very much been the case. Also because, um, like I think it was Tony Robbins that said, if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. So mm-hmm. you, if you buy a book for $20, you will pay attention for $20 worth. If you buy a program, a training or coaching program or a mastermind and you pay $20,000, you will pay attention for $20,000 worth. So like you are not slacking that year that you've paid $20,000 to be able to fly to the States and be the best marketers. You are implementing, dude. You are going at it because it's, it's cost you a lot of money and you want to get a return on investment. So this has been my, my experience to, um, you know, heavily invest pretty heavily in myself and to, to be able to, um, yeah, to become better and to, to figure it all out. Exactly. Yeah. I hope that people are picking up on that. I keep reminding people that it's so important to find yourself a really good mentor or find yourself a really good, uh, would you mention mastermind group that you, uh, that you meet up with and keep each other accountable. And, um, yeah, the other thing that you mentioned of course, before scaling your business and, and making that value ladder, it is so important. Um, you know, um, as you know, um, the project that I'm in right now is called Become a Fearless Father. And of course, Fearless is, is what I'm focusing on, what's so important. And I was so surprised when I watched one of your videos and you mentioned that you're an introvert and that at the beginning you were so afraid of being in front of the camera because you look really natural and, and confident. And I was like, wow, that surprised me a little bit and but a lot of people actually are are afraid and and to be on a camera or to do certain things and i'm just wondering maybe you could share a little bit of some tips on how you over how you overcame these fears or how you're dealing with them maybe you're still scared to to go on camera I, I, i don't know Yes, I don't know who said this, like that, um, I think it's an st- actual statistic that most people are more afraid of uh, speaking in public and then of dying. Like at a funeral, they would prefer to be uh, the guy in the casket instead of the guy giving the speech at the grave. Like that's, that's weird. Like, I, and I was the same, like um, when, I was in, when I was in high school, I was trying to, uh, to sneak out of any presentations that we needed to be doing, like back then giving presentations was not really a part of the curriculum. Now it really is, I noticed from my kids, but I managed to weasel myself out of many presentations because I was very shy and very introverted and I, re- I was really scared to be in front of people. So at a certain point, um, I was asked, after a couple of years of blogging, I was asked to give a workshop to a bunch of people. And at that time I decided, okay, I'm, I'm just going to give it a go. And I did um, a speaking in public uh, training for two days, uh, which was very scary to me. And I'll never forget, because this is a big breakthrough for me. I I came in thinking that, okay, to give, to, to, to speak in front of people, like a group of people, be prepared, you need to have a speech ready or a PowerPoint or whatever. And what I actually learned there, to cut, to cut a long story short, because this was the gold nugget for me, what I learned there was, okay, in order to, to speak in front of people, you don't need to be prepared like 100%. What you need to do is just decide what you're going to talk about. Like, I don't know, three or five things. Just write three or five words, at the, I don't know, at, on, a, on, a, on a post-it note or something, and then improvise. You know, just improvise and be enthusiastical. Like the thing that you are speaking about needs to be something that you are um, happy to be speaking about. Like this is your thing. This is your expertise. This is what you love to do. If it is that subject matter, you just, the best thing to do to give an, to give an interesting speech or an interesting presentation is just start improvising and be enthusiastic about it. Just be yourself and um, show that you think this is so important and so much fun to be doing. Because it's, it's, it's really a lot of fun to be watching somebody who is uh, enthusiastical about what, what they're doing. Like you can, you can watch a speech from someone who is talking about something that 
really does not interest you one thing. But if they're enthusiastical, if they're happy and you know they're excited about um, what they're uh, talking about, uh, it will transfer to you. You will become excited as well. So this was the big insight for me. Oh, right, to be able to, in to engage an audience, I don't need to be a scared little rabbit uh, in, 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 the, in the headlights of a, of a car. I just need to improvise and uh, be excited about what I'm, uh, what, uh, what, I'm, what I'm telling them. And this has been the way I've been doing presentations ever since. And it, has, it, was, it completely took away my fear of speaking in public and also of recording videos. I just do the same thing on video. And of course, the first videos I made were, I, I was still like wide-eyed and uh, really like, uh, I can't really look at them anymore because I was just so uncomfortable. But that was in the beginning, like everyone ha looks like this in, at first when they start recording videos. But, you know, when you just relax and tell it like you were telling it someone, to, to someone on a party and someone that's really interested, because that's also one of the things, as an introvert, I cannot be excited about what I'm telling you if you're not interested. So like if I am uh, at a party and somebody asks me what I'm doing and I'm, I'm, I reply and I see like the eyes wandering off or they are actually not into what I'm telling them or they, are, they were on their way to the bathroom on, or on their way to, to see somebody else or whatever reason uh, they're not interested, I stop talking like I cannot speak with I cannot do small talk as an introvert I hate small talk like it's it, it sucks away all my energy I can I, I cannot do small talk I cannot be with people who are not interested but and when you're on a stage or in front of a camera you know like the only people who are going to watch you will be interested and then I can be excited then I can be more extroverted than maybe I really am uh, in normal situations and I think that's, um, for, for me as an introvert, that was the, the main breakthrough, is just be excited about what I'm uh, talking about. Nice. Yeah, as I mentioned, I watch you on your videos now, and it's just like, yeah, I couldn't believe when you said that you, <laughs> you are an introvert. Um, that's my wife. I'm introverted. <laughs> Great. So I really appreciate that you, you share that. Um, it's so important. Um, and, and I like the fact that you mentioned like your energy is actually the most important thing yeah. from what you, what you have to talk about. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're a very successful entrepreneur, um, successful uh, author. And uh, one of the big things that uh, fathers came to me with is like, okay, yeah, I, you know, I'm working on my business and I'm trying to make it successful. And I just can't be everywhere. I can't do everything. You know, things suffer like time with quality time with my wife or time with my kids. And they just don't know how to organize or manage that time. And I'm just wondering what's, what's your strategy to make sure that you, you live a, a full life. So this is, um, yeah, I can relate to this very much because I'm, I'm, I'm I like what I'm doing. If I don't, if I'm not careful, I'm, I'm working, uh, more than I really want to be working or I am, um, you know, um, not giving as much attention to my, to my wife and kids as I want because I'm, I'm just having so much fun, like, I don't know, writing emails or to marketing emails or making, making uh, videos and doing webinars or something. Always, you know, trying to uh, figure out new things to, to, to innovate my marketing. Um, but in the end, the most important thing to me is um, to be able to, to live, a, 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 to be a family man. So like, obviously my kids are way more important to me than my business. And it's very easy to forget that when you are having fun doing what you do. So one of the things, and I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm making this mistake all the time, but I've, I've figured out a couple of things to, um, to improve myself as a father, let's say. So one of, for example, one of the things I do with my kids is um, I just invite them to a fun day with dad. So I'm, I'm saying, okay, when is a day that you can be completely free and you have no, no stress for homework or something like that, and we will do something fun. So um, like a while ago, I told, sometimes I do this with one of my kids, sometimes I do it with both. Uh, a while ago, I said to them, okay, 
this day it was like they were it was it was vacation for them so they had nothing to do i said put it in your calendar that wednesday you and me and and your brother are going to be doing something fun i'm not telling you what and um they really couldn't handle that like uh, my 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 oldest is a bit she likes to be in control she she likes to know what what she's up to you know and but i wouldn't tell her so um I took the first thing we did was uh, I took them to lunch somewhere near our home. And okay, what are we going to be doing after that? Okay, I told them we're going to a swimming pool. Swimming pool, but I, I don't have my, my, my swimming gear with me. We're still going to a swimming pool. So I took them um, to a former swimming pool from the 1930s in Utrecht, uh, which is now actually a, a pool and snooker center. And we had a couple of games of, of, of pool because they like uh, to play pool. And, but that was like, that was just one hour. And they said, so now what? What are we going to do? Because they knew uh, that we were only going to be back for dinner. Now what are we doing? Just get in the car and you'll see what we'll be doing. So I took them, I, I took them like an hour's drive or something. I took them to an indoor skydive center, which is like uh, skydiving from a plane, but I would never skydive from a plane because I've, I'm afraid of heights. Like I'm afraid to be in the plane, let alone jump out of one. I will, I'm never jumping out of any fucking plane. So, but indoor is like, uh, is a lot of fun because it's like, it's a giant tube with, uh, with a wind turbine in the bottom and um, it will blow you up and you will have a special suit on. It's, it's very fun. It's a lot of fun to do. So we did that for, um, for the rest of the afternoon and we had a fun time. So I, I tried to, um, you know, uh, make time for these quality time moments with them. Even, even though as adolescents, they, they feel less inclined to be doing that kind of stuff with their dad, you know, like sometimes they prefer to just be with their friends. And uh, one of the other things is I, I'm taking both of my kids, like in the year that they are um, making the switch from uh, elementary school to high school, I'm taking them for a weekend to London. So just one of them, just me and my daughter, and I'm, I'm taking my son next year. So this is also a, a thing that I think is fun and I think is fun. And um, I heard another uh, entrepreneur um, tell me the other day, which is in my, he's, he's, he's in my mastermind. He had, um, he has kids that are older, like, I don't know, 18 and 20. And he, he, he said, okay, you can invite me to do something fun you just find something you would like to do and uh, we'll do it together so like one of them invited him for uh, a, a, con a rock concert and, and uh, his son invited him for something else I thought that was a very cool idea as well so I might I might swipe that from him yeah that is actually a cool idea <laughs> I'm gonna remember that too for when my kids are a little older because I know what they'll say now so uh, <laughs> Um, anyway, we're, we're almost getting to the end, and there's just one question that uh, is, is selfish, uh, but that's the one question I was uh, extra eager to ask you and talk to you about. Um, you know, um, as we mentioned before, your wife is Italian, mine is Spanish, I'm Dutch, living in Spain, uh, from the Netherlands. We, we, we already get bombarded with a lot of languages. Uh, we learned Dutch. English, German, French at a very young uh, French at a very young age, and um, you know, in the in the beginning, it was very tough because uh, teachers were telling us like, "Hey, uh, I don't know, maybe you should focus on something because his their language skills are not developing well enough." Um, and I was just really wondering, you know, what's what's your experience in regards to um, you know teaching language? Because I'm assuming that you also um, been teaching uh, Italian to your kids um, and and what's what's your vision in regards to languages for for your kids so um, we think it's really important that they learn uh, Italian as well we live in Holland so Dutch is a no-brainer but they need to be able to speak Italian as well so my wife Chiara always speaks Italian to them um, so no exceptions and um, What we have, I think it's, a, I don't know where I read this, but I think it's a proven uh, scientific fact that like bilingual kids are 
uh, have several advantages in life. One of them, I'm sure, is um, like reducing the chance of getting senile dementia. This is one of the things that uh, bilingual kid, one of the advantages of being bilingual. I'm not sure why. Uh, I think mental flexibility is one of them too. Mm -hmm. And what I what I just know from personal experience is that my my kids. Um, uh, find French less hard than their classmates and they're also pretty good at English so I think look like having another language under your belt is just an advantage if you want to um, to learn the other languages as well so it's I think it's really important but it's uh, it's it's tough like to get to um, to get to them to speak Italian to their mother is like a struggle sometimes mm -hmm. But that's your approach. No, she just always speaks Italian to them, or do you have certain days? How, how did you decide on? Okay, this is the way that we're gonna step by step uh, teach them to uh, to at least be able to understand and speak basic uh, basic Italian. So yeah, just just that's just like from the from from day one when they were born, they were just uh, I speak Dutch to them, and 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 Kara speaks Italian. So mm -hmm. that is, uh, we thought that would be the most logical thing to do also because I couldn't really make my I, I couldn't imagine speaking another language to my children uh, besides which it would not be Dutch I think there's a weird we have noticed a weird thing uh, like when it's the woman that has uh, gone uh, has changed countries for the man the woman will always speak her language to the children mm. whereas when it's the man that has changed countries for the woman Oftentimes, he will be speaking the woman's language to the, chi to the children as well. Like we knew some, a, a, a Dutch-Scottish couple in Holland, and he was speaking Dutch to his children. So his children were no better at English than their classmates, which I think was a pity for them. Uh, I've known, we, we know Italian, an Italian-Dutch couple as well in Holland, but he is Italian and she's Dutch, and he's speaking Dutch to the children. Like we've noticed, like when it's a man that has to cha has changed country, he will be so adapted that he will not even speak his own language. So this is unimaginable to me. Mm -hmm. I'm 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 100 sure that if we were living in Italy, I would still be speaking Dutch to the children, because I think because I think it's important that they learn both languages, but also because I don't like to have to speak Italian to them, which we okay, which we do have a rule at home, like. At, uh, at, the dining, at the dining table, we will all speak Italian and in the car as well. So these are the, the things that we have been trying to do to, uh, to get the bilingual thing going. Nice. Yeah, so you also make certain areas, um, the language area, so the dinner table is Italian, all together in the car is Italian. Yeah, I, I like that approach. I'm gonna remember. I remember that. So we we're working um, with days. So right. um, Monday, Wednesday is Spanish. Tuesday, Thursday is English. Friday is Dutch, and then the weekends we split. So one weekend is only Spanish, and the other weekend is English. I'm not focused right. much on Dutch. So you made me think, saying, okay, yeah, when the man moves to the country, which is in my case, they don't speak anymore. I'm like, okay, I speak some, but I don't hard. It's just one day, so mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to think about that one. <laughs> uh, but the reason, the reason for that is also it's practical. I mean, um, I think my kids can do more with English and Spanish, um, entrepreneur-wise or business-wise, than they can do with Dutch. Um, so that's that's just my thought. But I still mm -hmm. want, them, since I'm Dutch and proud, <laughs> I still want them to also be able to understand and speak Dutch, which little by little they uh, they're getting, which is a lot of fun. Um, John, we, we, we reached the end. I still have tons of questions, but you know, who knows? Maybe we can uh, do that um, sometime in the future. Um, for now, just um, if there's people that want to get in touch with you, um, have some other questions for you, um, how can they reach out to you? So my website is in Dutch. Uh, it's schrijvenvoorinternet.nl. Uh, maybe you could put it in the show notes or below the video. Uh, to make it clickable in English, I'm not going, even going to attempt to, uh, to, to spell it out because it's just uh, too hard. Uh, and also maxegek.nl, which is the name of my book. Excellent. I will put both. Um, perfect. I will put both uh, um, of the pages there. You also got a Facebook page. I will add that as well so people can check you on there. 
Um, again, uh, thank you very much, Adrian. I really appreciate it. I know it was a bit weird for both of us speaking in <laughs> Dutch. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, it was absolutely my pleasure. So everybody that uh, was watching this, I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Um, there were some great golden nuggets there that um, I'm definitely going to be implementing soon, and I hope you're going to be doing the same. So for now, everybody have a great day, and I hope to see you on the next live interview show. Thanks, class. Are you still meeting up with your friends now that you're a father? Kids making you stress out, you got no time for yourself to work out, read, or relax. Can you still remember the time you were hanging out with your friends, feeling energetic, happy, and confident? Spending time together and talking about your life and your crazy dreams. You're feeling alone now, don't you? No one to share your challenges with, and you're just running around from one storm into the next. Well, it's time to change this now. Join me and the Brotherhood of Fearless Fathers to speak on a weekly basis with like-minded dads to crush your challenges, face your fears with determination, be held accountable and regain control of your life. If you want to become the hero your family needs you to be, then go to becomeafearlessfather.com/brotherhood. Looking forward to seeing you on one of our next calls.